Hello, RP people. Uh, just giving you guys a quick heads up. We've we had a little bit of technical difficulties throughout this, so you might notice a little bit of robot-y talk every once in a while, and we even had some delays when we're recording. Um, so you might notice that we sometimes stop, kind of get refixed. I tried to fix up as best I can, but I can only do so much. Also, thank you so much, John. Um, I'm going to take a lot of your things into advisement. This message is for you. Uh, and also, if you wait till the end of the episode, you'll have a promo for Tale of the Manticore. Highly recommend checking out. It's fantastic. Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you can tune in again. As always, we have Scott W., and here joining us today, we have a special guest. Say hello to John from the podcast Tales of the Manicore. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hey, Santa. Hey, Scott. (laughs) Thanks for having me on your show. (laughs) Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> nailed a pleasure. it. This is the first. All right, I'm done. Yeah, nailed it. This is yeah, first time. Always done. No, Seriously. no screw ups with this recording. Absolutely no shenanigans. <laughs> it's going to be very confusing for a listener. That's all right. This is they're, they're used to it. Taping cardboard, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, so, John, why don't you tell us a little about <laughs> yourself? Um. Uh, okay. I'm. Um. I'm a high school teacher that uh, um, was a huge like RPG nerd back in the '80s. Like Stranger Things is basically you know a biopic for me, uh, well minus the actual supernatural stuff and ESP. But big old gaming nerd when I was a kid, uh, and gave it up for years and decades actually. And so I came back to the hobby about two years ago, um, but because of the pandemic and stuff, I couldn't get an actual game table together and because i have pretty poor wi-fi which we've experienced already um i couldn't really online wasn't a good option for me and so i discovered solo gaming and i discovered podcasts and eventually i decided to make a solo gaming podcast and um, that was two years ago and uh, ever since then it's just sort of been growing and growing and getting better and better and my interest in the hobby is actually just redoubled and redoubled and redoubled it's uh it's not going anywhere it's it's amazing it's it's the best game in the world no i would agree with you and uh, oh, i said this guys? Are you there? okay <laughs> nope. no, we're here we're here we're here no worries no screw-ups yet <laughs> I, I stunned you because it was from the heart <laughs> I, it, it was very heartwarming i loved it yeah. So I was yeah, saying this before, wipe that but tear away and let's get on with it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, John, you have one of the few podcasts that I can actually listen to on a regular basis. That's like an actual play. I'm just super excited to have you on here, just because again, I've I I only started listening to you recently, but I'm starting to try and eat through the episodes whenever I drive to work and back. Right on. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I get a lot from, from listeners that uh, it's the actual play for people that don't like actual plays. I hear that a lot, actually. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it is in many ways like the anti the anti thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's different from what's out there yeah. in a lot of ways. To, to be honest with you, if I was sort of in your typical uh, actual play uh, podcast, I really don't know how I would deal with the level of competition that's out there because it is f- Fierce. I mean, if you're doing just like a D&D 5e podcast, actual play, and you're going to, you know, zany hijinks and shenanigans and, um, you know, table humor, um, boy, you've got some competition because there are like hundreds upon hundreds that are basically doing that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's so true because like every single, I, I've tried to like reach out on Twitter and try and find other podcasts that do Uh-oh, something kind of similar to, there we go. No, can you no, hear you're, me? You're in and out. Robot. If voice. you look up, can you hear us? I heard it. I can, hear you. I can hear you now. I can hear you. You're back. You're back. All right. 
Okay. Sorry, whatever you said 10 seconds ago, could you try that again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say is like, I, I've tried to like re- finding like other podcasts that kind of do what we do because like we started to kind of like on a spur of the moment, just like, hey, let's try this out. I literally messaged them with a name saying, wouldn't this be a good name for a podcast? And they're yeah. like, yeah, that's hilarious. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I try I've on Twitter and all that. I've tried to look through for other people who do something that's more just a conversation piece about RPGs. And all I found is D and D podcasts. Every single one of them is D and D podcasts. And I, I don't know how there's so much of a market <laughs> that a lot of these people, they're like, I, we just got that 1000 subscribers. I'm like, I heard that from like three others like two days ago. Is there really that much of a market for 5e content for? Yeah. It's the the best selling game right now, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Although, you know, even like if you're on Twitter and you get like a thousand subscribers, that does not necessarily mean people are listening to your show. Um, I know from experience, because when I started out, I think I got to a thousand followers on Twitter pretty quickly, but the numbers when I started the podcast were not good. I mean, I think everybody that makes a <laughs> yeah. podcast, you know, everybody starts with one and then you kind of cross yeah. your fingers and hope that tomorrow you'll have two, right? And then eventually over time, <laughs> yeah. it, it it grows into a, well, hopefully over time it grows into a falling. But, um, you know, at the beginning, it's, it's, it's tough unless you've got like some kind of celebrity, um, you know, uh, jet thrusters under you that you can somehow launch with a, you know, some kind of publicity. But for those of us that are just sort of throwing something into space, like I, that's, that was my story anyway. I just made it and put it out there. Um, I, you know, you, you start off with like one listener and it's you. And then the next day you got two <laughs> listeners, maybe, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> And then eventually, you know, word of mouth kicks in and stuff and stuff hopefully happens and people start listening, but everybody starts, starts off there. Right. So even though there's a, you know, like a, a insane number of actual play podcasts out there, I'm not, I'm not sure that they're being listened to. I mean, maybe they are, maybe they are. Yeah. I mean. By, by, by some, right. But yeah, nothing, nothing in the terms that critical role is. Oh, I, th- God, I think no, what God. happens is like, you know, 1% of them become extremely popular, like your critical role or your dungeons and daddies or your, the adventure zone. Yeah. And then the other 99% sort of linger in obscurity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are some good ones that just, they just fade away and it's too bad, but it just is what it is in real life. Or yeah. I, that, that is that an absolute shame. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think you, you have to have some like, endurance right if you're going to put out a podcast you better have some thick skin and some endurance because the first few months it's not the most uplifting thing to like check your numbers and be like seven (laughs) people downloaded your show today and you're like oh oh god well minus the two times i logged in (laughs) (laughs) right exactly yeah yeah we're still kind of in that phase like we've been around for uh almost six months now uh, and like we we do mm-hmm. have some followers you guys are new six like, months six months is very young yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. and i even then like i've seen i've i always do like to look at it from our like i showed a graph the other day uh to scott and finder and it was just like our one month to our now and even then like it, it's a considerable increase it's still nothing like oh my god we're going to be millionaires but i i, oh. I don't even care because i love doing this and i could not make any money off yeah. this ever and just completely just always dish out money for it and i, I think i'd still do it yes and that's that's the right. thing yeah, right i think if you're doing something like this which is pretty labor intensive you better enjoy you better enjoy the work otherwise you'd be miserable oh yeah uh, editing is not always fun and can be extremely <laughs> frustrating especially when you get those crazy spikes in volume where you're just like, okay, my ears bleed a little bit with my headphones on right now, but I'll tone that down. And you listen to that same tone. Or, or if you get like an incompetent guest that can't say a, a single syllable word, like show, for, I don't know, for example. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I usually just leave my mistakes in, so I don't have to deal with that part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so 
shall we hop onto the topic? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk all things grim and dark. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the topic for today. We are discussing the the grim dark setting question mark. Cause um <laughs> and John, we're gonna have to have your opinion on this because we were talking about this. Well, and <laughs> we brought him on, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping we can get his opinion. No, no, yeah, you're muted. <laughs> um so I was mentioning I'll be the eye candy I... for the uh, podcast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll just put up the picture of the manicure <laughs> right at the front of the podcast. <laughs> I got, I've got a big thumbs up right now. Big old smile and a big old thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was saying how I don't believe that uh, Grim Dark is a genre or a setting, but it's more of a style of play and there you go. Yes. I, you can almost add grim dark to everything, but Scott, Scott, mm. what's your opinion on this? Cause you stopped yourself before. Yeah. Continuing on. Cause grim dark is definitely a genre. The 1990s called and they want their genre back because it's when it got started. <laughs> uh, started in, it started in uh, comics. And, fair and enough, I'm fair. surprised for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Watchmen, spawn um, kind of everyone got tired of the, the, the really, zany superheroes and they want yeah frank miller stuff right right yeah and then for santa i'm really shocked at you because pop quiz for santa live on the air do you know who who really capstoned the term grimdark and Ooh. brought it into the zeitgeist no i do not actually F- fucking warhammer forty thousand. that's who i was th- oh i thought you were that looking for a person yeah no, well, no yeah. it's them yeah, and I, it's actually funny because yeah. 40k started off as a parody and then went to the grim. Yeah, sure, yeah, and that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so they kind of realized what was happening. But yeah, that's where I, I, I think it's a. I mean, yeah, it's obviously a, a setting. You know, it's a grim dark settings because normal D and D is very vanilla, Mary Poppins, and mm-hmm. then there's the grim dark stuff, which is kind of what John and I are probably used to from old school D and D because our D and D was yeah. never presented as <laughs> Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, but yeah, it's definitely right. Actually, if you look at like, um, I forget, I think it was uh, Professor Dungeon Master, where I, who's talking about this. I don't know if you know him from YouTube. He's great, by the way. Uh, check out Professor Dungeon Master. Anyway, he was talking about how, like, if you look at old school artwork versus, we'll just call it new school artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heroes are presented as like in danger and victims and being terrorized. And yeah. in new school artwork, it's always kind of like in that sort of like body twisted, butt out, boobs out <laughs> yeah. uh, action hero pose. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? With like yeah. some ray blasting out of their hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's so different. It's so, different. so then you, you still think it's a genre, even though I, you can really... I do think it's a genre. Yeah, I do think it's a genre. I don't know. Because you have to make a choice to make grim dark. It's a theme, if that helps. Right. Yeah. Cause like Cause you mean, can, you can make anything grim dark if you add enough turmoil into it. Right. So that's the point though. You can make anything science fiction if you twist the weird science enough. Right. But it's I understand true. where you're coming from. It's not a, it's not a hardened genre, but yeah, yeah. you can use it's, it's, you know, you can, it's well within the taxonomy of, of like fiction at this point. Yeah. What, John, who do you agree with? Who's right here? <laughs> this is going to sound like such a lame answer, but I think maybe you guys have kind of covered both halves of the thing because I can imagine, yeah. I can imagine the a grim dark. I couldn't have a grim dark setting in which the characters are sort of overpowered and not in danger, which is the, which is the game style that Santa's talking about. That wouldn't work, mm-hmm. or, or it, it wouldn't. I mean, you could do it. It wouldn't be very effective. Like if you're going to play a game of Call of Cthulhu, you've got to be extremely fragile <laughs> and mortal yeah. and in constant danger yeah. and probably going to die. That's like that game. It's got to run that way. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fun, actually. Uh, on the other hand, if you have the kind of like uh, zeros just struggling to survive and you put them in a different kind of window dressing, like, you know... Um, sort of that manga-esque, anime-esque um, 
style that's kind of popular these days. I'm not sure that that yeah. would work either. I think you kind of have to have both. I, I don't want to cop out the answer and say, you're both right, yeah, yeah. but uh, kind of you're both right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I said. We'd both be right. I mean, if you look at like, if when you do searches of like how to run Grimdark 5e, it's almost always, well, here's all the homebrews <laughs> rules you'll need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot. And a lot of it is about how yeah. to, uh, depower the characters, right? Rather than, I, yeah. mean, I mean, there yeah. is part of it in terms of like tone and mood, yeah, uh, and stuff like that. Like that's that's part of it, but a lot of it just is how do we take away the unkillable quality of the kind of the modern D and D character? Yeah, I don't know if you guys play much Five E, but um, that with all of the short rests and the long rests and the uh, death saves, it's actually it's really hard to die. And by, by design, yeah, like I think they is. made a game where it's hard to die because oh. you know they they were cooking some stuff up in their lab and they discovered that people don't like it when their characters die. So they said, okay, well, let's make our game so that the characters don't die. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely true. But yeah, I like I, I I'm just like the my one thing why I don't like I think it is a theme not a setting or anything like that because you can't have grim dark on its own you know you can't just have the grim dark shot i see what you're saying it has to be attached to fantasy Mm -hmm. sci-fi yeah yeah Um, that's fair enough yeah 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 yeah. fair enough so and here's another part to the question because i think i think everyone can agree that the grim dark setting itself it's pretty damn cool especially when you're reading it uh but I think most people kind of drop off of Grimdark the moment that they have to actually try and play it. And well, it, it really depends, I think, on the person. It, yeah. Yeah. It, like, yeah. I think, I think what comes, what it comes down to is like, do you want a game in which you are, are sort of like exploring your character in which case you probably wouldn't like Grimdark as much, or do you want a game in which you're exploring a world and a story? Because if you can be okay with your character's death being part of the fabric of a story, then you can really buy into it. It doesn't mean it doesn't sting when your character dies, but uh, I think that's the big difference there for me is, you know, people, if you spend two hours rolling up a character, yeah, you don't want that character to die in the first 10 minutes. (laughs) But if, if you can sort of like, be okay with the character maybe dying, but that enriches the story. Then that's, I think that's part of the, that grimdark attitude. Yeah. And even like right now you think of like the most popular grimdark kind of setting uh, for RPGs. Cause if it wasn't RPGs, it would obviously be 40 K, but for yeah. uh, RPGs, it would have to be Morkborg. And that is one that focuses almost completely away from the characters it doesn't even care if it gives if you give your character a name like (laughs) right it says something in the instructions about name your character if you think they're gonna live long enough for it to matter right i'm paraphrasing but it's something like that yes see i thought you were gonna say curse of strahd and i thought yes and every (laughs) single actual play i've heard with curse of strahd Every time it's a cartoon. Every time. Yes. I'd love yep. to hear it. I'd love to hear somebody actually tackle that in a Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, you know, Ooh. quote unquote serious yeah. way. I've never I've never found that though. I don't think it exists. Somebody yeah, should fuck, make challenge, that. Challenge accepted, John. Do it. I do it. <laughs> I definitely could run that because well part of the thing you see too is like Curse of Strahd, especially specifically so we we tend to shit a little bit on five E, but it's 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 just because of how it's designed. Like the, the game yeah. mechanics are solid, but it's really the implementation. Yeah, so like yeah, Curse yeah. of Strahd, you're not wrong, right? So here's Curse of Strahd. Here's my cast of characters. A uh, human paladin, a fucking turtle man cleric, a fucking wolf man fighter. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Stop. We're already done. Yeah. We're not playing Curse of Strahd with yeah. these fucking characters. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It's, it's already over. Yeah. But I want my turtle. <laughs> no, right. In fact, if I were to do Curse of Strahd, I think it would be a humans only campaign, to be honest. There Just you to go. really simulate Now you're talking. Then, yeah, because you could put the, the demi humans in Barovia, but that really adds that yeah. creepiness factor to them. So, absolutely. Would, would you you actually- know, like if if you want to make your monsters and your undead like de- like exciting, 
then yeah. make the characters be human or mostly yeah. human yeah. or or make you know uh, non-human yeah. characters rare because yeah. when everything is special then nothing is special <laughs> including your monsters so if your characters yeah. are bored look at your party makeup and is, if it, if it's a turtle and a you know a dragonborn and a this and a that well maybe that's why it's yeah. because you know you've already got like like everything is already ultra magic so of course nobody's interested in your you know in your setting because it, they've already got like this dog's breakfast of a party makeup so i did say that i'm gonna start to rant if you let me do not let me all right i'm grounding myself now i'm grounded no, no, don't ground yourself because you're not wrong, right? Because the first, the first moments are always like my tiefling warlock stands up and gets fucking murdered by the entire village. You're, Say that again. I think I lost you. The uh, it's just it's just people playing ridiculous things like tiefling warlocks and going to Barovia. Stop! You're dead. You're dead as soon as you hit the the tavern. Yeah, you know, for a long, long time, I was kind of I was bothered by the by the kind of uh, Gonzo D and D style and. And, and I, I had the kind of, you know, like, why are, why, why is this so popular? Like, I don't even understand it. These are, these are adults playing, <laughs> you know, essentially like my little pony, but every now and then somebody gets hit in the head yes. with a mace and there's brain matter everywhere. It's bizarre. Why do people want yeah. to do this? Oh and uh, it's I like think happy I posted a friends. couple of things online and very quickly people jumped on me and they were like, don't, you know, don't tell anyone how to play. And. Um, you know, there's no right way. And you know what? Oh, okay. Fair, fair, fair enough. There is no right way. There's no wrong way. Uh, more, more for me. It's, right. I'm just, I'm just over here scratching my head going like, why is this, yeah. why is this popular? It, it's, it'd be like, yeah. hey, you, you guys want to watch a, a fantasy movie tonight? Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, what do you want to watch? Uh, Conan? Well, I've got the gummy bears. How do you <laughs> feel about that? And right. then everybody in the room saying, yes, that's what I want to watch, the gummy bears. And you're holding your Conan going, but I thought, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Technically, yeah. it's both fantasy, but. Well, true. It's like if you were going to compare, you know, like for someone to watch, so you're not wrong. It's like Dark Crystal and Conan, two right. vastly yep. different fantasy experiences. And only one of them would I really want to play in, and that would be the world of Conan. Yes, you know, and you know what? Let me go one further on this because I was literally thinking about Dark Crystal today, and I thought even though that's like a fantasy for children, they mm -hmm. d the Dark Crystal at least takes itself kind of seriously. Whereas, oh yeah, I find I find that really the thing is now with especially with like common actual plays, it's really people shitting on the game because they're not they're not living in like a fantasy world that is maybe maybe fairy tale-ish or kind of like dark fairy tale-ish like the dark crystal, but it's, it's a spoof. And what, like the message that I get is like, don't think I'm a nerd because I'm playing D and D watch me shit yes. all over this game. Right. As I crack jokes, that's really separating yeah. me from what's going on. And, and so that's, that's my take. And maybe I think it's cause I'm old. <laughs> I think it's cause I sort of like grew up in the eighties. And so yeah. For me, like fantasy I, is Conan and not <laughs> Harry Potter. Yes, you know, I think I think you like you might have actually hit something on the head there. Um, and I th the thing with Five E, it's blown up. The people who have joined the scene now who are playing Five E, uh, and I, I mean Five E exclusively, because you can tell the people who aren't because they tend to be the only people who question anything with Five E. <laughs> but I think. I think that's kind of on the head where it's like they're almost like saying it's it they're almost making a joke out of the setting in almost like a hipster oh this is an ironic way like everyone's loving it everyone's enjoying it but they're not taking the source material seriously and that could almost be like its own little jab at the old school RPG in its own but I might just be talking on my I, ass yeah, right Yeah I think here. it is no I don't know. Did you, did you ever run a game where you invited somebody that didn't play very much and they didn't really know the rules that much, but you know, they, they join in and then, you know, so you all, you make your characters and let's, let's say you're kind of playing, you know, a semi serious game of D and D or whatever. It's not fully beer and pretzels. And then yeah. the one person, you know, they're like, okay, uh, yes, I have my character's name and oh, I get, I get this. I'm going to call them 
Farty McFlex. And my character's name yeah. is Farty McFlex. <laughs> and then you can just kind of see everybody at the table kind of wilt because now he, that person yeah. has kind of ruined their little immersion experience a little bit. But all they're really doing is just trying to like socialize and, and be entertaining and have fun. But their fun is a different kind of way. There's like, you can invest in the story and that, but then you got to have like that mm -hmm. buy-in of seriousness uh, or you can just like shit on everything. And that's the farty McFlex thing. And I, I guess you could say that both work, but maybe they don't work really great together. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And yeah. like, you, you can't even play like, cause uh, Scott would attest to this. I, I tend to be a little bit of a gonzo player, uh, but uh -huh. I, I, I don't try and make crazy characters that are out of out of line or anything like that. I like to create characters that are kind of their own unique little person and then play with the story itself because I I've I've always played more of the outsider characters, the characters that don't necessarily fit in to the whole frame of how the normal society works while and I like to almost role play their their difficulty of trying to figure out the um, how the society works in their own kind of unique, clever way. Um, and, but mm -hmm. like, I for me, I know I I tend to go more to the comedic. But I I always wish and I wished and I loved it. Even when I said, "Oh, let's do this episode, John," you're like, "Yeah, you should come on too." And I was like, "Oh God, uh, you're you're very serious." I'm um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> But that's okay. Actually, we're we're us serious gamers are actually in the very small minority. Which <laughs> I've kind of had to like learn to like keep my mouth shut most of the time because uh, I'm always like a very 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 small percentage of people that feel like D and D is better when it's not a joke. Like I get that. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 like one in a hundred people that feel that that's true. So I, I get that I'm the weirdo in the room. Well, in this case, I, maybe if Scott feels that way, you're the weirdo in the room, but usually... Santa's the weirdo in the room. Yeah, and yeah. I've gotten to the point, too, and it might be just closing it on 50, where it's just like, if I were to run a game in a game store or something, and people are like, okay, here's my tiefling, blah, 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 I'm like, that shit's, that shit's stupid as fuck. You were not playing yeah. that. Yeah, I, I feel the same I mean, way. And yet, yeah. okay, so I think it is an age thing, isn't it, Scott? Because you and I it's, are the same vintage. Thing, yeah. And yeah. so I don't think it is because I, you know, what it, it's I agree with you guys a hundred percent, and and it kind of puts my own kind of play style into question because, like, I I really like playing those kind of characters. I don't try and make them always ridiculous. If it goes ridiculous, it is. But like, even when we're playing that goblin, I tried in my own. I, I he was still a very dark character. Like I was Yeah, just, no, he fit in, in Emron. The, yeah, consume the yeah. flesh. I remember when we went to the bottom yeah. layers. Yeah. Uh there was a bunch of kids who were like goblin children, because the way how it works, it's like a giant was well, a tower or and there's different levels. Yeah, uh, Sharn. And we were at one of the lower levels where a lot of the goblins were, and a bunch of goblin children were literally trying to like swarm us, and I knew what they were trying to do was steal it, so I just grab grabbed a wooden uh like a piece of wood that fell off of a building had a nail in it. And I just started swinging at the kids. Cause it was like, this is exactly, they don't give a shit about the other kids. They just know that at this point of life, you know, you hit them so that they don't take your stuff. And if they get hurt, that's their <laughs> problem. And I thought that was, I know that sounds harsh and brutal, but I was thinking, it was like, this was probably what would actually would have happened in that level of uh -huh. thing. So I, I agree that I think serious games are the better games i just personally i i have trouble trying to stay into that mind frame itself yeah you know at the end yeah. of the day you can't say this is better this is worse all you can really do is say this right. is what i like and it just comes down to taste doesn't it yeah because otherwise you just argue in circles forever and people say my way no my yeah. way my way no my way yeah. yeah but but i mean yeah. you could ask why would people ever want to play a game which is essentially like a horror movie and that's a good question wait you want to feel fear <laughs> you want to feel in danger all the time you want terror you want sadness yeah and, and pathos mm -hmm. and all that and so for me it's like absolutely yes but i don't but it is you know i have to admit like that is weird to prefer that over, you know, the gummy bears experience. 
Maybe. Well, too, you and I didn't come from a, the participation trophy generation. We were Gen Xers, and it was, here's your key to the house. Get the fuck out of the house. Come back by sunset, you know, or whenever, and then enjoy life, right? And Wow, you, know, you just oh, you described my entire well, adolescence. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's how I grew up. It was like, oh, you yeah. fell down? Oh, you lost? Well, that's too bad. Why do you think you lost? Well, because you didn't try your hardest. That's why you lost. Instead of like, well, you know, you got fourth place, and that's really just the uh, – that's the third first place. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Right. But there's a movie. And John, I don't know if you've seen this movie. And I, every time we have a conversation like this, I try to get everyone to watch it. Um, who listens? Uh, it's zero charisma. It, it covers this, 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 this topic. Well, the, the, our subtopic, it covers it precisely. It's about a gaming group. They're very serious. The dungeon master is over the top serious. He's one of those old school series. And, and that's, it kind of picks on him, but it also brings in a character named Miles because, of course, there's a hipster fucking named Miles who comes to learn how to play Dungeons Dragons. <laughs> and it's really just what you described is it's sort of like I play D&D out of irony, you know, and I think yeah. Stranger Things yeah, yeah, really yeah. precipitated this. I'm playing Dungeons & Dragons out of irony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, oh, you, you know, I've got to see this. I feel like I feel like this is the movie of my life. I think it's on a prime for free maybe, but I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's well worth the, uh, the price of entry to, to check it out. Um, it's a little cringy, cool. but I think it's also a little, I think it's cringier for the millennial crowd because they're yeah. concentrated on Scott, who's the GM, um, because he is definitely, you know, he's, he's just, he, he's, he's the kind of person you and I are used to in the old, in the old circles of gaming. Um, right. But for folks like there's no, us, there's no D and D movies that aren't at least a little cringy. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and this is just you know, it's just it's like a documentary, but not really a documentary. I guess that's not really fair. It's a movie, yeah. movie, but yeah, the folks who made it, I I contacted them in, uh, a little while back because I was trying to get them to see if they want to come on the show or something. Because I'm like, you basically oh, are prophets. Damn. So you know, your prophecies all. Damn. Well, let all, me recommend one. True. We're we're yeah. sort of veering off topic here, but yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> that that's a, that's the whole story of our show. Don't worry. <laughs> perfect i'm gonna oh. fit right in here with you guys yeah, yeah. uh go and find psycho Goreman. it's uh it's yes, like a I've splatter seen it. Horror. i've seen it it's yeah it's a love letter to yeah it's a love letter to osr D and it's wonderful a hundred percent i i've actually watched it i loved it um even the because like we, me and the wifey we do 30 days of horror when it comes to halloween right oh awesome i love that she's like Shit. She's like, this sounds so stupid. And I was like, it's on the list, though. She's like, and we do have to watch a horror movie a day fine. And she watched it. She was like, that was a lot better than I thought it would be. I was like, I know, right? Me too. Yeah. I didn't expect anything from it. Who doesn't love Rich Evans? Oh. <laughs> I know there's some new horror out that's actually done almost entirely with puppets on, uh, what's that one streaming channel? Shudder. I think I saw something like that. Yeah. And I was looking at it, I was like, that. It, it actually looks pretty good. And apparently it's like 30 years in the making or something like that by, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So John, you, you, you spiked on this and it is a curious topic because I'm sure there are people who are like these jerk offs, but what is so attractive about grimdark fantasy? <laughs> Sometimes I, I ask myself that a lot because I spend so much time in that kind of world like my show is, it's not fully grimdark. It's not Merkborg grimdark. It's um, it's kind of a mix of what I would call classic fantasy, like Errol Otis painting fantasy. For me, that's classic, uh, and and yeah. horror elements. And so, yeah. what's appealing about it? You know, I don't. I'm not sure. I know. I I'm I'm one of these guys. I'm a huge horror movie buff. Um, and I, and sometimes I'll ask like, what is it like, what kind of person would enjoy a horror movie? Like why it makes much more sense to not. So is it just sort of like that simulation of danger that's exciting or I, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but, um, I can, I can tell you kind of how I arrived there with my show. There's, there's a couple of things that got me there, not very deliberately because my, my old D and D games weren't especially grimdark they were they were more along the classic fantasy lines and i wasn't playing for story i was playing to you know 
kill monsters and get loot and stuff like that um, when I was a kid. But um, the the way I kind of arrived at at this grimdark thing was that um, my my mission statement was kind of like take take the story seriously. And so that that alone actually brought me to grimdark because if you've got a story where you've got you sort of violence every few episodes and it's because it's the audio medium you're going to have like certain sound effects you know you're going to have screaming and crying and and pain and yeah. sounds of stabbing it it all just sort of led itself into quasi horror really really quickly uh, or if you take like i have i have a certain scene without spoiling anything where somebody is being like like a, an evil cleric is sacrificing a, a good priestess to kind of cast a spell. And to describe that scene, you could kind of, you know, do the old eighties porno thing where the camera, you know, goes and focuses on a lampshade while the action's going on, or you could show it, but in like, I kind of, I show it in, uh, in, so to speak in the podcast. Sure. And so, and you can, you can hear the knife going through flesh. And so you, you couldn't do that without it being semi horror like game of game of thrones i think the same thing happened like there there is an element of horror in game of thrones how could you not you've got like somebody who flays people in it right i mean yeah, that's right. absolutely yeah. horrific that's not fantasy that's horror anyway so that's that's one reason the other reason is because it is an audio medium i wanted the rules to be simple so i went with basic and basic is just more deadly the end right just Mm -hmm. you know you've got four hit points that's basic uh but i I went with basic just so that i wouldn't have to uh, be explaining rules all the time because audio medium i I just wanted to get to the get to the point and not be bogged down with rules so i I picked basic also because because i knew basic backwards and forwards because because again i'm an old man yeah it's um that's it it's it's kind of funny that uh you mentioned like basic and all that because i know scott you kind of went towards your first rpg that you designed because you thought that magic wasn't deadly enough right well i just i just so when i designed mm-hmm. the uh oubliette sorcery and reavers i just thought that magic i love that name by didn't... the way that's 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 a badass name <laughs> Everyone was like, "Wait a minute!" And oubliettes, by the way, are absolutely horror. I mean, oh my god, does it get more horror than oubliette? We're just going to throw you in the forgotten room. (laughs) I thought about putting one of those in my show, and I thought it's too far. I mean, no, it's it's. I think it'd be. uh, It could be an interesting set piece. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I just, I didn't think magic felt special, and in any Mm -hmm. edition of any game I've ever played. Um, right, it's just, true, it always true. came down to like, oh, I just cast the spells. Oh, okay, cool story. Then what? Shadowrun came closest to, to there was a gamble of casting spells, but it was still uh-huh. I cast a spell. Now I resist the spell. So when I wrote OSNR, it was like, no, I'm starting from the point that I want being a mage to feel fucking awesome, and that and every game I write is uh, there's always choices to be made. There's a give and take, no matter what you do. It's not, and very few things will always be very simple in the games. And so I wanted that. I wanted the mage player to say, I can do a lot of shit for this group or even on my own, but there are a lot of risks and I might need some of your help, uh, my willing friends, or I might have to, you know, find someone that we're going to have to get help from to, to do some of this. And it really gives you a chance that I divided magic into, uh, you know, three spheres of law, right? Law, basically good, good, bad, and uh, neutral or fairy. Uh-huh. And yeah. depending on the spells, bad spells are easier to cast than good spells, but bad spells do terrible shit to you as a caster if you fuck them up and things Very like cool. that. And so, yeah, and that's how I really went for it. And yeah, I think the feedback was really awesome. The first feedback was uh, whoever made this game hates wizards. <laughs> I was like, I don't hate wizards. I just want you to understand. You're not just going to sit at the table and tell me I cast magic missile. I need you to right, really not a button, not a button mash. Yeah, yeah, because because they're like, well, it's not fair. I'm like, so it's fair for the fucking fighter character to do nothing but get their ass handed to them. Well, that's the point of their role. The point of your role is to be awesome and be magical and make spell components count and make talismans count and foci count. Everything about your character should count. That's just like a fighter's armor, shield, and weapons count. 
And once we got into that, I started demoing it at cons and stuff. You see light bulbs come on and they're just like, holy shit. So, oh, wow. That's a cool experience that I wish I could do. Being, You'd think that in Toronto, we'd have that opportunity. But, um, well, I, I guess I got back into RPGs in the pandemic. But uh, I've never oh, been yeah, to a con rough time. <laughs> my, in my whole life. Not. Oh, man. <laughs> That's that's kind of on my bucket list now. I wanted to get back to a live table. I wanted to I wanted to get to a live table. I wanted to give Five uh, E a real shot with a real live table of people, uh, and because I I didn't want to pass judgment on it from having to you know listen to a few APs, uh, and I wanted to go to a con, and I've I've managed two of those things now. I've I'm, I'm back at a couple nice. live tables. I'm playing a Five E game right now, and I've I've still never been to a con. Hopefully there'll be a chance. I used to avoid cons because I thought it was like, you know, like I'm one of those old school gamers who is like, the table is enough. LARPing, you're fucking nerds, (laughs) you know? And then it's like cons were just below them. I'm like, "Ah." nerds. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't LARP. I still have no. Wait, cons are below LARPing? I thought so. Yeah. Are cons below LARPing on on the who beats up who chain? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought LARPing like, was the rock bottom. I, <laughs> I thought LARPing no, no, no. was the rock bottom. We got we to put it at the pinnacle of the, you know, who is at the peak of super nerd. And so that's where I, I kind of climbed the mountain of nerdiness. But yeah, but the cons are kind of cool. Um, I haven't ever played in a successful game that I really found fun. Uh, but it's because my style uh-huh. as a GM is probably so radically different than most people that I I just get bored easy from people because it's a lot of the same rope shit that you see in actual plays. I'm like, Oh, you're going to try this at this table. Okay. Cool story. But yeah, no, you gotta try to, if you can get a chance right. to go to a con, right. it's, they're a lot of fun. They're definitely different. Don't worry. I'm with you on that. I haven't never been. To There's one going yet. on in Toronto I mean, in late July. And I think I'm going to go, but it, it does sort of yeah. feel like paying 30 <laughs> bucks to go stand in a lineup and then maybe in another lineup and then in, and then go shopping and then another lineup. But I'm going to do it anyway, just because I've never been. Nah, nah, nah. They should have a schedule for you so you can register for games and all that jazz or even run something. Because that's normally what I do is I'll run four games so I can pay for my entry. And then I'll usually demo whatever I'm working on for the year to get feedback. If it's, you know, unless it's a product that's already out. And it's like, thank you for your feedback. Noted. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, a little, a little bit back on topic. I was kind of, yeah, uh, I was trying. No, no, no. I brought it up. So, uh, I was kind of thinking about why people like Grimdark, and I think it's almost kind of in our DNA. Because if, like, we like to think of ourselves as like, oh, we're all these civilized, these good people, but it's like one of the more popular fights is UFC, which is literally just people fighting and beating the shit out of you. Each right. Other. We used to have these like. We used to have blood sports. We used to have public executions where Gladiatorial people would come and just com- yeah, watch exactly. yes, gladiators. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think there's almost something like, you know, I think it's almost something like it's a taboo that is more accepted. So people can be like, oh, well, you know, I really like the grim dark stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, I can't do that. That's too dark for me. It's too scary. But nobody ever questions why people like it. And I think that's because all in all, I think most people like the darkness, like the evil. And it's just something that's taboo and almost kind of just attractive in a way, you know, I don't. Absolutely. And I, I mean, even if you get out of like, forget grimdark for a minute, just think of like, like even a cartoony game of D and D most of those games are still going to have violence in them. Which mm-hmm. is what the same thing that we're talking about, right? It is that sort of the dark side, that the appeal of the dark side, because even if you've got turtles and tieflings running around, I'm gonna guarantee you that at some point they're killing each other, right? Or killing oh, yeah. something, yeah. Yeah. or being killed by probably not being killed by something. But the, I mean, it's one of the pillars <laughs> of the game. If you take it away, it's God. I don't. I don't want to say it's not D and D because somebody's gonna jump on me. <laughs> I'm gonna get lots of mail. But but don't worry, we'll get lots of them. Out. <laughs> <laughs> if you take away combat from D and D, I don't, I don't know. For me, for me, I'm probably like, thanks for your time. I don't think I'll be coming back next week because that's really part of the appeal for me, and, and I, clearly, it is for a lot of people. It's 
it's it mm-hmm. really is baked right into the game like a lot of the mechanics are devoted to that it's not yep. just a oh and sometimes there's fighting it's like no no this is a game about violent conflict fighting and you know you can dress it up yeah. with a tortle or you can or you can go full grimdark but it's the same thing yeah that's why I always ask people because they're trying to say that D&D is this or that and it's just like oh it's not this it's not that mechanically heavy like look I need you to count all the spells that have a combat effect and all the skills that have a combat effect and come back to me and let me know what that number is. Right. A lot of them are about hurting people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. It's huge. So it's it's just crazy. Yeah. And part of the, Santa, you know, part of it is the risk reward that human beings need. We we need to be challenged. Mm -hmm. We need to feel vulnerable because Mm -hmm. we need to be able to overcome those vulnerabilities. And like original D&D, you actually got experience points for avoiding combat and just getting around the monsters. You could still gain experience. You got experience for the gold you found, which was far worth far more than the experience points for killing something. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but you still yeah, had right. to find a way through that encounter um, instead of being your way through it because sometimes it just wasn't going to happen. Their, the, the risk and reward was still there and that level of danger of like, oh shit. That's why dragons had it. Is the dragon a sleep roll? You know? Right. Actually, if I can just touch uh, a topic that you guys did recently, shoot, Ooh. I think there's just I think there's just the slightest delay on Zencaster, and so kind of talking over each other. So I apologize for that. But in I think it was your very last episode, you guys were talking about I think you guys were talking about like character progression and experience points and stuff like that. I think it was the last episode of your show, and um, something that I really like, something that I've adopted is. I, I've so I've taken away all like experience points from from combat gone experience point from treasure gone now I just do like time in the game like are you do you show up experience that's it that's it all you have to do is be present and have your character in some kind of danger at all uh, which is you know all the time anyway but uh, yeah and it's it's been extremely liberating and, and it's not because I'm trying to get away from combat and violence and stuff like that but it definitely like for people that have like a a murder hobo problem like of course we're going to get into every combat we can that's the only way we can get experience points this is like this is a fantastic solution that that i've come across and actually so i've i started it in my podcast i didn't realize other people were doing it too i realized after the fact that actually it's pretty popular and now i do it in in the table group that i'm dming and it's it works I think really well. And plus, as you guys had said in that episode, who the, who the fuck wants to do all that math? I mean, that's like, it's like, Oh, and now I've got a part-time accounting job just to add up all this experience. No, fuck that. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like, and yeah, I, I think even like getting rid of that math just makes it so like most games so much more smooth. Like, you don't have to care about yeah. tracking your experience. Yeah, I, I think like, a lot of people have been throwing that out for a while. Yeah, like my favorite was actually, it's how uh, off topic to the actually previous episode, but uh, my favorite is actually probably the PBTA style where it's like you actually get better by failing instead of yeah. actually just succeeding. Yes. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a powerful idea. I don't know if it maps onto D&D well. Maybe it does. So... I mean, if you if you can't tally it like you would normally, well, I guess you could if you took like the DC of the check and multiplied it by ten, maybe, and said if you fail, you get yeah. a number of experience points, you know, for failing. Like, because I do it in my games yeah. too. If you die, you get experience points. But I stole that from Rollmaster, so uh-huh. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and uh, yeah, I remember in the you game, mentioning that. Yeah, and. Uh, how I always built my characters while I was playing. I'm still kind of a novice GM. I'm running my first real campaign now. Uh, but even playing, I always looked at like when we're playing Savage Worlds, the Eberron one, I actually didn't go off of what I thought I would wanted, but off of what he was inadvertently doing with to uh, like to pretty much kind of solidify the character because I ended up having to like drag around a giant metal human or robot i had to do this i had to do that and i was doing a lot more physical labor than my character thought he normally would so it's like it makes sense for his level to increase and he actually become a little bit stronger because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's literally had to run around and just carry shit for 90 percent of this game yeah yeah but uh, yeah 
So, so Santa, here's so, something for you. Now, you know, you don't need to say it completely, but I told you in Finder what we were really doing in the Eberron game, right? What adventure idea it was, right? I don't know if you remember or not, but was that Eberron game grimdark or high fan? I don't, or high fantasy. How would you categorize? Um, I would have gone towards high fantasy and the only, it got, I think it it did take a grim. (laughs) It didn't No, Cause I think the first one was a lot more high fantasy, but Mm -hmm. then I think it took more of a grim aspect after you met, you were describing the guts and organs cut out from our, uh, (laughs) one of our dear friends who was just murdered. Yeah. Horribly. Yeah. Yeah, I baited them in for like, I don't know how many sessions, maybe 10? I don't even know, five of like, they're going to go on this pulp adventure and they're getting airships and they're exploring Eberron. They got to rescue this person who they went on an adventure with. Now they're looking for this their, this this mentor and she's been kidnapped. And they go in and rescue her and then fast forward, they advance and it's like, hey, by the way, here's a note. Your mentor wants to meet you in this seedy shithole, you know, in the cogs and then bam you know they stumble upon the murder of their mentor and that's where it starts yeah and then it got yeah so that's why i asked yeah but even like i think it was changed more to high fantasy by the players themselves and it's kind Mm -hmm. of because we were kind of playing it more high fantasy like if you think about the actions that we actually did was we killed hundreds of people and by crashing an airship and uh filled with passengers into a a ship filled with pirates causing things to blow up and tons of people died we accidentally infected a corpse with some sort of monstrous (laughs) being uh we infected an entire tribe of people this is some sick shit you guys ought to be ashamed of yourselves i i I, this this is like session like two or three I haven't even got it. Like we infected a tribe, which we said we would help. And then when, because we had to do something, I forget what it was. And one of the guys actually became their de facto God. Uh, we went to save our friend and unleashed an endless spell that would burn and set everything to waste. And because we weren't strong enough, we ended up just dipping out after we rescued her, pretty much leaving <laughs> that tribe and that whole entire region to be an utter catastrophe until someone actually who knows what they're doing comes. Um, we destroyed a person's livelihood at, at a library. Uh, I pretty much drove an accountant to hating his job. Um, yeah, we were horrible people thinking back on it. And I, I, I was literally looking up at the ceiling the whole time, just trying to <laughs> all the horrible things that we did. Yeah. We were playing grim, Do- grim dark without <laughs> even realizing. <laughs> Holy shit. I've, I've never, it, it, it didn't even click till now. Yeah. We were playing grim dark. <laughs> We were fucking sociopaths. We were, we did it with a laugh and a smile the entire time. I did it with the most high fantasy fucking setting ever. Oh fucking God. ever on. <laughs> so it, it, it can be done. Which kind of goes back to the previous argument of you have to have the right players to make grim dark feel grim dark. We totally did not do that. Oh my God. How do I not so know? What have we it? learned here? We've learned that Santa <laughs> wants to be a bad person and deep down inside. <laughs> Oh, that that that's uh, that's not even a question. I, I I play with Finder on the weekend, and I had no qualms with getting with hiring homeless people to get their ass kicked so that we could steal something. Yeah, I already knew I was a horrible person deep down inside. Don't worry, it's what my character would do, guys. Oh it's my what God, my character. So <laughs> what my character would do. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. it's the best answer I can give. It's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Grim Dark. I think it's is it, even talking about it, it. It's so easy to get sidetracked because it it covers so much, so many different genres, so many different settings, and it's it is just a hard topic to really kind of nail down. But nothing makes me want to game more than Grim Dark movies. A uh, hundred. Yep. John, what about you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like I'm just, I'm just not happy in a game where I don't feel like my character is threatened. It doesn't have to have all of the moodiness and scariness. No, that doesn't have to be there. 
but I have to feel like my character's in danger, a lot of danger. Otherwise, it's not fun. I, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know if they still make God mode on video games, but they used to do that on video <laughs> games. Like, you, you get a first-person yeah. shooter. If you put it on God mode, then you couldn't be hurt and you just blast everything. I don't know about you guys, but I never... I never yeah, yeah. played God mode. Like it, I didn't see the no. point. It, it was, it was almost like a way to turn a game into work, like mowing down a bunch mm-hmm. of bad guys with a machine gun in God mode. It's like, I might as well be doing the dishes. I'm just kind of getting it done. And yeah. so like no, no fun, no danger, no danger, no fun. And so that definitely extends into the, into RPGs for me. Like there's gotta oh, be danger. I don't, uh, so I, I'm with this new uh, 5e group and um, something happened where a character actually went below zero hit points and I thought, oh, well, there we go. Everything I've heard about 5e is that this doesn't happen and here it is happening. I'm I'm glad that this is happening. It wasn't my character. I didn't feel, you know, I wasn't like, oh, haha, your character's dead. <laughs> Fuck you. But um, <laughs> the, the, what what happened was interesting. The DM said... You know what? Since we just kind of we've only been going for a few sessions, and because it took you a while to roll up that character, I'm just going to say that you're close enough for the other characters to pull you to safety and stabilize you. And I gotta say, like something in me kind of turned off at that point, just because if that's if that's the way it is, and the same yeah. goes with like fudging die rolls. If that's the way it is. Yeah. And if I know it, like if you're going to fudge die rolls, for the love of God, do not let anyone know it. Yeah. Like, don't do it. But if you do, don't let anyone know it. Because the moment people know that there's no stakes, you're not playing a game anymore. It's, I don't know, sure what it is. It's some kind of weird it's a video game. jerk of power. Yeah, it's a video game on God mode. It's, to me, it's, it's utterly pointless. It's not immersive. There's like, I feel nothing for a character that is invulnerable or, or if you ever played like, you know, when you're kids and you get your character up to like level 24 and you're some, for some reason you're proud of that and you're bragging about it. Like that's yeah. something kids do. Um, and, but then like, that's, that's not actually fun to play. It might be fun to yeah. fantasize about if you're a child, but it's not right. fun to play because nothing happens. Yeah. yeah. And like I've always said that the best stories that I've played are always when one of the players' characters actually die, or all of them. I I remember more of the Definitely. horrible things that have happened yeah. than all the oh, remember when we killed that dragon? Yeah, that was easy. Remember when we killed this? Yeah, that was easy. Remember when we overthrew the entire government due to one persuasion check? Yeah, that was easy. It's like I don't I don't give a shit. It's not fun. So. I don't watch Harry Potter and think, oh fuck, I need to run a game right now. But when Conan comes on or Red Sonja or Dragon Slayer or Beastmaster, I'm like, oh, shit, I could totally – I want to play – I need the basic cyclopedia. I'm going to get it out make some characters for some people and play that game. You know, that's the difference, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. Like some of the coolest settings are always – like the ones that you you really want to play in always have the stakes at hand. Like I don't know. I, I – I, the 5e one it's just yeah again there's no stakes there's no chance of you dying i remember like i started off in playing gurps right uh and gurps um it didn't uh-huh. hold your hand and i'm honestly surprised that we did not die and it was only through freak luck rolls that we actually survived at all like and that game was so much fun and then that was when 5e was just starting to come out and we're like hey why don't we switch over to 5e and i remember being excited like oh yeah that sounds super cool and then we did and i was honestly i actually almost like i played in that group for a while but i just realized i was not having i was having more fun interacting than i was actually playing the game because it was like well i could just do this i'll be fine yeah i do not care mm. yep but we're gonna play curse of straw at 5e humans only we're gonna, I was going to say, got to be dangerous. Can't you, conver- can't you yeah. convert it? I mean, I have the conversions into all sorts of systems, but I mean, do you want to put our money where our mouth is? Ooh. We'll talk about it offline. Uh, yes, yeah, do it. I, I'd be down. <laughs> I'd be down. 
I can make 5e fucking dangerous and scary. Talk about a niche. You guys would have the only Curse of Strahd <laughs> AP, at least that I'm aware of, that doesn't have a goddamn turtle with a monocle in it. <laughs> I'm a halfling thief named Dildo or a Baggins. motherfucking Eric <laughs> Penguin. Exactly. Uh, so I can't play my turtle? No. Oh, oh you could, yeah. just so I can fucking destroy your character in the first and fucking... Also, that means I could try and be... I, can try I can't be play dark. my turtle, I'm playing my Goliath. <laughs> well, yeah. if we if we get it done, we'll we'll so, definitely record it for the audience. And John, if you want to try playing that, yes, John, you're more than welcome. It would be so much fun. We'll we'll re- use fun. a different recording software that, uh, although it's a little bit more temperamental, I notice it's a lot more um, consistent. My I Wi-Fi f- is yeah. pretty shit here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I tried I a bunch of uh, online games, and I do play a few online games, but it's sometimes there's problems, and man, I hate being like the guy with the bad internet. It's a drag for for everybody, right? That's uh, all good. I, I've been put, yeah, and it, it happens to everyone, I think. But yeah, no, you're more than welcome. Yeah. It would be a hell Absolutely. of a fun I game. Already, I have an idea of how to even how to start it. Oh shit, this is genius. We'll talk about it offline. Definitely, Sounds yeah. Good. Let's talk about that offline. So, so, um, <laughs> so, John, if uh, anyone's curious about your content or wants to look you up, how can they find you? Okay, well, I'm Tale of the Manticore, and if you look for Tales of the Manticore, by the way, you are going to find something by Pixar from the movie onward. So that's not me. <laughs> it's about as far away from me as you're going to get. Uh, it'll be pretty obvious. Uh, so I'm tail singular of the Manticore and um, you can just find me wherever you get podcasts. And um, my, my elevator pitch is if, if you'd like a non-comedy dark fantasy that takes itself seriously more in the, in the game of Thrones or uh, Lord of the Rings um, spirit, then give it a try. And it, it's got a couple other um I guess points of interest. One, it's it's a solo play, and the other one is that it's a it's an actual play that's being sort of redramatized as a radio drama. So it's presented in uh, third person instead of the usual like first person. Like instead of like I go into the room, I'll say like Shawnee Shawnee walked into the room and looked around, and then I'll explain what she saw. And it's uh, it sounds like it shouldn't work. But actually, it works pretty well. And give it a shot, especially if you are maybe a little bit sick of the zany comedy with its shenanigans and hijinks. Give it a shot, and uh, you'll know whether it's right for you really, really quickly, I think. Oh, and I just started season two. So you know what? Start with season two because really the production values are like, it's better, it's slicker, it's uh, it's me having learned the craft better and then you know if you if you dig it you can check out season one by all means um and you can you can see all the growing pains as well (laughs) if you check out season one yeah i am currently listening to season one i think i'm on episode six or seven i'll have to take a look and as a person who doesn't actually really enjoy actual plays i'm enjoying this because it actually tells a good story (laughs) and again like it it, it's it's yeah. fantastic you got yeah if you guys don't like actual plays i still recommend checking it out because it is a pretty damn good podcast it's still T- come back to us yeah, it's t-a-l-e <laughs> not tail as in the body part but tail as in a story just so everyone's checking that's right we've come oh, yeah. full circle and i've i've done a pun oh man yeah it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's good i've done <laughs> Forgive me, I have sinned and I've done a pun. Oh. <laughs> I wanted us to do a horrible question um, just because he likes to ask horrible questions, but uh, I don't I think got I nothing. want to. I got no, nothing I got either. Nothing. Yeah. No, that's his, that's it, his thing. Yeah, I know. He, he's a sick individual. So, Finder, if you listen to this, you're a sick individual. Um and get some help, buddy. Get some help. <laughs> but on that note, RP people, I think that's all the time we have today. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know at uh, rpsmartpeople at gmail.com. And if you hated this po- uh, episode, let us know at rpsmartpeople on Twitter. Um, 
I hope you enjoyed us. And I'd like to thank John again for joining us. Hopefully he'll come back another day because this was a lot of fun. Uh, talk to you guys again and see you next time. Fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> Bye-bye. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. <laughs>